Hello, ladies and gentlemen. We are back, and welcome to this week's edition of Slade, the Buffyverse Revisited. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Apollo Creed. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. Uh... I'm James. I I was gonna make another I was gonna make another Rocky re- reference, but I for the life of me cannot remember what Mickey's last name was. Oh yeah, Burgess married this character. Yeah, Mickey Mickey Rourke. No, <laughs> <laughs> no I, I do not believe that's that is correct. No, no, okay. Uh, but yes, welcome back everyone to uh, the second half of our season. Um, we're in the back half of both Buffy and Angel now, so. Uh, we are 12 what 11 more episodes of each 11 more of 11 each. more episodes of each 22 more episodes in our full season so we are uh we are refreshed and yet somehow still exhausted yep <laughs> it never fails it never fails i'm i'm probably i probably look like death warmed over but i've just been very busy uh, the last you- couple of days you look just as sexy as ever. Ooh, yeah. Talk to me, Thank big you. boy. You haven't you haven't commented on my fresh my fresh cut here. Well, Jeremy. I I wanted to wait until the episode. I've noticed I noticed the fresh cut and the 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 le beard trim. Yes, the beard is finely trimmed and yeah, yeah. See, I do that god, probably once a week or so with the beard thing because I cannot mm-hmm. stand it to get too thick to like, like put it this way. If I can wake up in the morning from sleeping and like my beard is all crazy, I'm like, yep, uh-huh. it's, it's, it's trim time. That's how I know when it's <laughs> trim time. But, uh, I, um, I, uh, typically during the winter, as we've discussed before, I let the hair and the beard go like just, wild just buck wild just crazy which we've seen which we've seen uh but but yeah i felt the need to uh to keep it to keep it uh tight tight this time around yeah got got our got ourselves a little trim up here so but uh when uh yeah i got a little trim up top too here if you can if you can i see i see i see (laughs) uh before we started recording you and i were talking about my ongoing eye issues and um uh i told several people um this last go around with my my eye problems that uh uh if i lose the eye i'm just gonna let the beard and the hair go and i'm gonna get a get a gold eye patch like not one with a band just one that's just like permanently there I'm gonna just lean hard into the Odin thing, and they're they're just gonna it's just gonna be the kind that's just bolted into your into the yeah it'll just bolt it right <laughs> into my skull, okay. right into my eye socket, okay. and I'm just gonna lean hard into the Odin, into you know, the Odin aesthetic. Well, I was gonna say, you know, if that were to happen, which you know, let's all hope that does not happen. Um, let's hope. But if it were to happen, you should get a glass eye with a fish in it. <laughs> the. <laughs> So the last time this happened back in uh, months and months and months ago, um, and I had this issue, uh, I said I mentioned that if I were to have to get a fake eye, I would want I would want a Marty Feldman eye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, just a big, it's a big dumbass bulging eye. Yeah, yeah. 
that's you know that's that's you know that song um betty davis eyes yes yes yeah uh i always sing it as uh she's got marty feldman eyes <laughs> I, and I, just I, like, do that too. I do that too whenever um whenever i hear uh whenever i hear that song i always i always substitute in marty feldman eyes yep it's That's probably so it's probably pretty common, but I thought I was clever for uh, having uh, thought of it. Right. Well, you're not. Anyway. Yeah, okay. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> so, how are you, James? How's it been? Other than the eye problem, how have you been the last other, couple of weeks? Other, other than the eye uh, issues, the ongoing eye issues, I've been I've been all right. Uh, you know, not a whole lot going on. Um, my my forty uh, third is. Uh, Tomorrow, but technically today for everyone that's listening or watching. Oh, uh, I thought the, it, you know what? So, I thought it was next week for some reason. Nope, nope, the nineteenth. So that'll be not a very good uh, friend. It's it's <laughs> fine. Uh, so yeah, so tomorrow, uh, as of the time we're recording, and uh, today, as of the time that people might be listening to this, four hundred and forty-three. So. 443 years old. Young. 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 Yes. Uh, I was, of course, born on the shores of Loch Shiel in Glenfinnan, Scotland. Right. The village of Glenfinnan. Right. Right. Yes. I I am immortal and I I cannot die. Right. Unless you horrifically chop off my fucking head. Right. Now's the part where I would dramatically plunge a dagger into my heart right. to demonstrate. Right. And just totally fucking <laughs> scar me for die. life. <laughs> yeah. You couldn't just he couldn't just like cut his hand and be like, see, watch it heal. Or, you know, something right. he's like, here, now take this knife and plunge it into my fucking aorta. And yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. I want to And then you. when I and then when I don't die, we will fuck vigorously. Vigor yes, vigorously. Um, <laughs> Funny, funny, we're talking about that because uh, I just watched an episode today of uh, I watched um, which one was it? Uh, Brothers in Arms. I I have actually started a Highlander rewatch with uh, with someone. Um, we've only uh, made it through the first episode so far. But, <laughs> we've uh, only made it through the first episode. <laughs> well, we we literally just started, so. Um, yeah. Well, here in, a, here in a couple of years, you're probably going to have to do that again. I will do it all over again, no. but that's okay. That's okay. Damn right. But, uh, um, yeah, I mean, I love that first episode. The We've talked about this before. I definitely have issues with uh, the first season um, of that show. It, it's rough for me. But uh, I'm not... I don't love the first part of the of the first season that's in Seacouver. Um but man, once they get to Paris, I think the episodes are are well, really starting with Band of Brothers, the bridging episode between uh Seacouver and right. uh, Paris. I think the episodes get really good, so. But anyway, yeah. the to I mean the Paris episodes in every season, it, in my opinion, that's in every season once they go to Paris the episodes seem to get better. Yeah, but um, you you do always have at least one Beast Below episode each season. Oh, sure. I was <laughs> just sure. like, oh, God, um, what were they? What? 
but uh, and and in me, my my opinion, the the first half of the season, starting in season two, pick up dramatically from from season one. I yeah. Just, yeah, it it's a rough it's a rough watch for me, but anyway, that is all stuff we will discuss in <laughs> approximately seven years. When we <laughs> seven Highlander. seven and a half years, we will be on to Highlander uh, revisited. <laughs> in the meantime, let's focus on Buffy, the Buffyverse revisited, and how about if I, Jeremy, hand out some tasty, tasty dates and deets for this week's episode uh i would be okay with that but let me make a quick i wanted to make a quick um little announcement um sure sure uh, i was gonna do it at the end but i eh, it's i'll just do it now um i noticed that our the audio version of our podcast was not on iheart or amazon music um and i have remedied that it is now on both platforms uh, again, that's iHeart and Amazon Music. So, in case those are one of those two you want to use to listen to us, you you may now do so. I was unaware that uh, I thought our RSS feed would would automatically feed into those two um, platforms, but it didn't. I had to set those up manually. So I did so, and now we are on those two platforms, and. Um, that's all of my announcement. So why don't you sizzle us up some of them delicious dates and deets? All right. Uh, as previously, actually, not as previously discussed because you didn't give us the name of this week's episode. Oh, that's right. In your intro. This is season four, episode 12 of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, A New Man. Yes, as previously stated, we will be revisiting Buffy the Vampire Slayer Season 4, Episode 12, our 68th episode of the series overall, A New Man. Our episode credited director this week is Michael Gershman, and our credited writer is Jane Espenson. Our original air date was January 25th, 2000 on the now-defunct WB Network. Our Nielsen rating for this week, 3.9 million households when it first aired ranking it 84th out of the 135 network primetime shows for the week and fourth out of the 15 primetime shows airing on the WB for the week. Our regular cast, as always, includes Sarah Michelle Gellar as Buffy, Nicholas Brendan as Xander, Allison Hannigan as Willow, Anthony Stewart Head as Giles, James Marsters as Spike, and Mark Blucas as Riley. Our guest stars this week include The Return of Robin Sachs as Ethan Rain. We love Ethan Rain, uh, and we'll get into that more uh, on my end as we uh, discuss the episode. Uh, Amber Benson as Tara, Emma Caulfield as Anya, and Lindsey Krauss as Professor Maggie Walsh. My episode synopsis this week reads, after Giles turns to old friend Ethan Rain for camaraderie, he is transformed into a demon and hunted down by an unknowing Buffy. Uh, it's, It's okay, it's okay, it's not great, but it's all right, it's all right. It could be worse. Yeah, um, yeah, yours is kind of a... 
a little wrong and also a little vague. However, right. however, mine is straight up spoiler heaven. <laughs> and <laughs> mine reads, Ethan Rain returns to town and transforms Giles into a demon. Spike is the only one who can help. Okay. Yeah, okay. I'm like, all right. Uh, well, that's been episode 12. Everybody. Right. <laughs> I, uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, uh, so, Jeremy, please tell me. No. Um, okay. Yeah. That's. It's I just mean, like, those, pow, there it is. How you like me now? Yeah, yeah. those, um, you, you pull yours from IMDB, right? I do. Yeah, those those IMDb ones sometimes, man, well, you they remember, just get right to the you know how bones. you know how good they were for so long, and it seems like since we've started season four, the let's just say the quality seems to be dipping a bit. <laughs> People, whoever's doing them is just like, yeah, fuck it. Yeah, they're like, oh, it's fucking season four. I don't care. Uh, Ethan returns. Shit happens. Giles, Spike, the end. <laughs> Giles spike the end. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty much it. That's pretty much it. Um, yeah. Why don't you take us into the frigid open? The frigid open. Um, uh, I'm just going to mention this real quick and I'll bring it up again. Um, when we cover next week's episode of angel, the, the, the length of this cold open compared to the length of the angel cold open yeah, yeah. in these weeks episode is yeah. like hilarious astounding yeah, yeah yeah uh but anyway hey i was yes, gonna I was, op- I was gonna ask you just really quickly um mm-hmm. how do you think larry tom and gerald are doing this week uh well do i think mean, they do you think any of them ever got to finish I, no, I mean, to, at least two of them are dead. Two oh, of that's them jumped right. right into the fucking hellmouth. Tom and Gerald, and if, yeah. And if, if you remember, we we kind of left a little bit on the fence with Larry. I think Larry died, and you think Larry Larry lived. I think he... Or was it the other way? No, I think I thought... I think I thought he lived. Okay. I, um, I don't know, and I think I, I think, think he, he died. I think he... Um, and the chaos, in the midst of all the chaos, I think he waited for them all to leave, and he and he just crawled away out of the building. And out of the building. Now he has to go find two more friends that can complete the uh, blowjob circle. Well, well, so here's the thing. So, I mean, here we are talking about the last episode, like two weeks <laughs> later, um, and it wasn't even a very good episode. No, really. it wasn't. Um, we made we tried to make it one. Right. Um, but logically speaking, Larry either died mm. when when Buffy like retrieved him from the Hellmouth somehow, or right. they then they killed Larry when we weren't like, in cold privy. blood, or yeah. he, or he's locked up somewhere because if they just left him there and he was alive, what would have been the st- what would have what would have stopped him from just like rolling over and falling into the hellmouth and jump starting the fucking apocalypse? Again? Yeah, yeah. No, they. I, I like to think that that you know when the cameras cut, um, they talked about it and they said, "Well, listen, we we have to just kill Larry in cold blood. Um, you you hold him down, and um, I will stab him repeatedly." And he's screaming sense. and crying and begging for his life the whole time. And 
It's really right. sad. He's just like, he's just like, no, he's just like, no, 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 no. Gerald and Tom and I just wanted to suck each other's dicks. <laughs> now, why, are you, why are you doing this to us? <laughs> I hate you. I hate Earth. <laughs> Humans are so <laughs> terrible. <laughs> and he's right. And he's right. He as, right. A, as a race uh, in general, we are, yeah, man, we're fucking awful. Yeah, we really are. Anyway. And on that note, yeah. uh, <laughs> we jump in and uh, Riley and Buffy are making out on Buffy's bed in the dorm room. And uh, I like to think they were on really, they were on Willow's bed. <laughs> and when she comes in, she's like, "What the f- really? What the fuck?" Right. And Buffy's like, um, "You know." And it's uh, it's getting hot and heavy. Like it's it's clearly heading in a certain direction. If you know what I'm saying. You, you mean saying. you mean Pound Town? Uh, they're gonna have coitus. They're gonna oh, have coitus. Okay. Okay. And um, strictly missionary, and for procreation. <laughs> well, I don't know about for procreation, but definitely strictly missionary because Riley is like fucking white bread, yeah. vanilla, Idaho, Idaho potato thing. boy. Yeah, like they, he doesn't. Yeah, no, he's not in. No, yeah. no. He won't. He won't even Buffy take his. Would, he won't even take his shirt and his socks off. Right, Buffy would be like, I don't know, like take me from behind, and he would be like, oh no, can't. No, that's not that's not proper. We can't yeah. do that. Strictly missionary. I don't I don't want to see your buttocks. Right. right. That that may be um, a sign of, of homosexuality and I and I don't I don't I don't want to do that. And I I do not abide by yeah. by the homosexuals. Right. My religion is it, it's against my religion. It's against my religion. And therefore I have to force it on everybody else as well to right. be against it. Nonstop. Because that's that's how religion works. Right. I can't say it once. Um, I must say it every fucking chance I get. Right. And even though it's against my religion, I have to let everyone else know that it's terrible and that I have a problem with it, even though I don't have to actively engage with it. And I could just ignore it and let people live their fucking lives. Right. No, I'm yeah. still I'm still going to I'm still going to just like double down on how you're a bad person for engaging in it. Right. And you need to make, you need to make absolute certain that we all know this and that, uh, that we all know that it's against your religion. Um, but also that we can't do it because it's against your religion. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Um, so, so then Willow (laughs) rushes into the room and she's spouting off about a demon that attacked the rec room. And Riley's all vampire and Willow's all like vampires don't breathe fire. So they uh, they start they head off to the rec room armed with weapons and they get there. And it turns out it's a surprise party for Buffy. Um, and we discover and- she is turning 19. Yes, and well, we don't discover that until after the cold open. Oh I th- no, no, we see the poster. We see the the banner hanging. Oh, is it on the banner? I uh-huh. didn't notice that it was. Yeah, on it the says banner. Happy Nineteenth, Buff or Buffy. It says Happy Nineteenth on there. I know. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Then yes, we find out that she is celebrating her nineteenth birthday party. Um, 
Riley comes in through like a back door all ready for battle and is also clearly surprised. And he's like, hey, just because I came in the back door does not mean that I abide by that. (laughs) That I I don't abide by that. Right. I do not abide by that. I need you to know that it's wrong and you're wrong for doing it. Right. Um, Because it's against my religion. Right. You're wrong for practicing it. Even though I don't have to do it and I can ignore it. Right. You're wrong for doing it. Right. Um, but this does kind of beg the question, like, how come they didn't get Riley involved in the surprise? Like, he's her boyfriend, right? Yeah, but I, you know, I'll be honest. I kind of think that they know he's stupid. <laughs> like, I, no, really, I, I kind of feel like they think we can't. Riley's not the one to trust with something like this. He's pretty fucking right. dumb. They, they were probably like, he let the cat out of the bag that he was one of the, like, military guys yeah, pretty he, quick. Yeah, like, he didn't, didn't cover even, that up very well. This isn't, yeah, he this isn't, he he's not going to be able to keep this a secret. Yeah, he couldn't even keep that secret in one conversation. So right. let's go right. ahead and exclude yes. him. He'll be outside at the street corner screaming about Armageddon anyway. So, <laughs> right. Uh, and that's our cold open. That was the cold open. And I mean, it was frigid. Uh, so when we come back, um, we're still at the party. And uh, Giles is—he's <laughs> just clearly a fish out of water. He's like, you know, like what the, f- what am I? You could tell in his brain he's thinking, what the fuck am I doing here? Because I'm—he's I'm, like forty-five, I think, at this point, and he's like, these kids are like nineteen and twenty, and what am I fucking doing with my life? And at that point. You know, Buffy comes up to introduce Riley to him as her boyfriend, and and it's just it's just a f- clusterfuck of just embarrassment for fucking Giles, right? Because because like he he's like completely taken aback by the fact that Ry- that Buffy is seeing someone yeah. like nobody told him. Yeah. Like he's clearly like not not in the loop uh, of things anymore like i would venture to say since <laughs> since the library went went boom <laughs> yeah well yeah um, and and he's he i even, mean we I, I mean we've been seeing that at, you know on a weekly basis and yeah like i like it was funny it, it was humorous to see but at the same time like i felt i felt bad for giles because i couldn't if i was hanging around 19 20 year olds like i would feel out of place like what do i have in common with someone who's literally like 20 20 to 25 years younger than me yeah at like, this point like a generation my... younger than you yeah right like what are you even going to discuss right. like so hey right. uh how do you what do you think about that oxygen <laughs> <laughs> right. So like I understood like his his awkwardness but but I also felt bad because like these are I don't know. I feel like with with the Scooby Gang in particular there shouldn't be that awkwardness. Like everything they've been through, all the time they've spent together, like it shouldn't it, it shouldn't be that way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And poor poor Giles is just totally just been totally and I think he and I think aside. he feels that way too. To yeah, like ever since they graduated high school, they just come. They've just cast him aside. 
And right, because right. he even mentions to, to Riley, you know, that, oh, I, I used to be her librarian and and blah, blah, blah. And then Riley's all like, oh, so are you retired now? And he's like, Fuck, what? Like, I'm not that goddamn old, you little fuck. <laughs> that was my reaction, yeah. too. Like, I, 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 I've been watching these episodes with with someone uh, someone else. And, like, that was our reaction, too. I was or my reaction. I was like. I was like, Giles is my age. Like, what the fuck? Right. But granted, I will say, like, I know I know, I don't, like, have an extremely youthful appearance, but I do think I I look younger than Anthony Stewart Head did. Yeah, at, yeah. At 40-some-odd years of age. Yeah, he just, he just has that very distinguished uh, older gentleman look to him. Yeah, um, yeah. So then she gets to, Buffy gets to talking about Professor Walsh to Giles and and how she just gushes all about her and how she's the smartest person she's ever met, at which Giles is like, wow, fucking thanks. And uh, and then she, he's like, well, perhaps you should have invited her to this fucking party. At which, <laughs> at which point Buffy's all like, oh, no, she's got better things to do than to hang out with a bunch of kids. And, yeah. and Giles is like, fuck this. I'm going to go kill myself. Why, why am I even, why am I even here? Like, what the fuck? Right. Yeah. Like that was another thing. I was like, Jesus Christ, Buffy, like read the fucking room. Like Dude. she's the smart, she's the he, Maggie wall, M- Maggie fucking Walsh yeah. is the smartest person, you know, um, excuse me, Senor Giles is standing right there. Who has saved the galaxy or the galaxy, the world with his knowledge on multiple occasions while Maggie Walsh just stands around and spouts off dime store fucking psychology bullshit all day. But she's so fucking smart. She read like a couple of fucking Nietzsche books and all of a sudden she's the smartest fucking person I've ever met. (laughs) Anyway, uh, we cut, we cut to, to, uh, Xander's uh, pimp basement, <laughs> and uh, is that what we're going with now? It's a pimp basement. It, well, he wishes it was a pimp basement. It's it's really it's really just a basement. Um, and Spike is packing up to leave. Uh, now that he has discovered he can like fight demons and shit, and he can hurt demons and all that, so he's kind of got a new lease on life now. Um. Uh, so yeah, he's packing up, and of course Xander's being Xander, a massive fucking dick to him. And uh, you know, uh, at one point, because uh, um, uh, or was she there? Was she there? Who? Xander's woman, uh, Anya. Was Anya? <laughs> anyway. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Because she she tries to give him a lamp, one of Xander's lamps. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And after after Xander had already stopped Spike from trying to take something of his. Yeah, I think it was his radio, and he's like, "That's my radio." (laughs) Yeah. He's like, "I'm evil." (laughs) Like, what do you expect me to do? (laughs) Um. So. Anyway, so yeah, uh, Spike is Spike's moving into a crypt, and of course, and he's like, "I don't, I don't need a." I don't need a uh, a lamp. There's not going to be electricity. And uh, she's like, "Well, well, how aren't you going to need a refrigerator? How are you going to keep your blood fresh?" And he's like, "Wow, you know what? Come to think of it, 
yeah, I could use a few bucks, Xander, and <laughs> of course Xander just shits on him. And anyway, we uh, <clears throat> we cut to Riley introducing Buffy to uh, basically she's he's introducing her to Professor Walsh as the Slayer. They're having a little powwow, right. and Walsh is all like, "Oh, we thought the Slayer was just a myth," and yada yada, and. At which point, I think, like, Buffy should have, like, karate chopped the desk in half to be like, yep, not a myth. But, uh... No, but instead, <laughs> I, like, I laughed. Okay, I'm going to say this before we get to our final thoughts and reviews. This is one of the episodes that no matter how many times I watch, it is always laugh-out-loud funny to me. Really? Yes. Okay. And... And this this scene has one of those moments where after Maggie Walsh is like, we thought you were a myth, Buffy goes, well, you were mistaken. Yeah, mistaken. And I was like, oh. <laughs> I crack up at it every time. See, I get to the laugh out loud part of this episode, like midway through and, and to the end. Right. Uh, then, then I'm laughing constantly. Um so anyway, Walsh is kind of bragging on uh, Riley that he's, uh, she's like, how many uh, hostels have you killed, Riley? And he's like, 17. And they're like, how about you? And Buffy's like, uh, uh, uh-oh. And uh, we, cut, we cut away from that conversation, and uh, Giles is dusting. <laughs> he's like dusting his bookshelf. With a little feather duster. I told you he's got one because it, it goes with his uh, French maid outfit. It, yes, it goes with his French maid outfit. Uh, so and then he's like, he's, he he's looks at this book, pulls it out and looks at it. And he's like, barbarian, about to rise. He's like, oh, shit. You know, like, shit's about to hit the fan. And um, he calls Buffy, but Willow, you know, informs him that uh, she's he's she's with professor Walsh and uh, then we cut back to Buffy and Riley now walking along in through, uh, through campus. They're discussing what was just talked about. And he's fucking floored by how much shit she's done, how much slayage she's done. All many, many times she saved the world and stopped the apocalypse. And as he fucking should be. Yeah. He's very emasculated and I love it. Um, <laughs> Uh, then we cut to a little scene where Giles shows up in Professor Walsh's uh, office, and uh, they're kind of talking about Buffy, and uh, she's being a real what is the word cunt, cunt. and uh, yeah. <laughs> and for I... no for no real reason other than that she's Professor Walsh and that's who she is. Yeah, like she's all like she she's. She's simultaneously like um, complimentary, but also insulting of Buffy as like a person, and and she basically doesn't even basically she tells Giles it's like it's because she has a uh, uh, lack of a father figure yeah. in her life. Yeah, and I was like, I was like, excuse me, you, you better know your place and understand who the fuck you are talking to right now, Maggie Walsh. Yeah. 
Yeah, because here she and she's you know she spouts off a couple more, you know, dime store fucking more philosophical bullshit than psych psychological, but she spouts a couple of little things and and he's just kind of like, oh god, well I guess I got to kill this bitch, and he starts rolling up his sleeves and. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so then we cut to Willow and Xander, um, and Giles. It's later that night and they're, cause he's unable to find Buffy. So they're heading to the cemetery themselves to, to handle this, this demon uprising situation that Giles discovered in this book. And, um, they get there, they get inside this mausoleum and it's, it's fucking nothing's going on. I mean, it's silent, quiet, dead. Just nothing happening. And uh, this is kind of where Willow spills the beans about the initiative and that Riley is, in fact, part of this initiative. And fucking, this is the most, like, like just exacerbated I've ever seen. He's like, fucking what? He's like, fucking what? I have spent the last several weeks trying to track these commando fuckers down and figure out what their deal is. And not only do you guys know, but fucking Buffy's dating one, and no one thought the fucking just mention to old Giles, hey, we you might not need to, we we probably got this figured out. And, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I'm, to is, I'm totally with so, him. What's that? I'm totally with him on this. Oh yeah, yeah. This just goes back to what we were saying. Like, this all ties in, obviously. To like the cold open and 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 then that whole birthday party scene like it all ties into like how like since since Sunnydale High exploded like they've all kind of like turn turn their backs to some degree on Giles. Yeah, they're they're just kind of ignore. They just were like, oh, we graduated high school. See you and see you never. <laughs> they just, right. you know, and like they, they literally have only been going to him since then when there's a problem. Yeah. But like, they've been excluding him from their actual lives, which on one hand, like I kind of get like they're, they're young adults now they're in college. He's, you know, twice their age and was their teacher. But at the same time, again, like when you take in, when you factor in everything they've been through over the last three years together and how he's damn near a father to Buffy, like that's, that's, it's unacceptable. Like, it's fucking wrong. Yeah. And I'm, I'm just, I'm just now remembering something. So to play devil's devil's advocate, you remember at the beginning of the season, he was very dismissive of, of Buffy and of his of his uh, responsibility yeah, to was. the whole thing, he was all like, yeah. you know, he was busy banging the chick from London, and he was, you know, sipping on his fucking, you know, rum on yeah. the rocks, and he's like, you don't need, you know, you've left, right. the, you've left the council, and 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 you know, I'm 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 getting my dick wet, so I don't I don't have time to fuck with you. I mean, right. he was, but also that. He was, but that also lasted like less than a full episode. True, but but <laughs> I guess she took it to heart. She's like, "All right, fuck you, old man." <laughs> and uh, but anyway, I'm taking my friend. I'm taking my friends with me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So then we cut. So in that scene, you know, uh, he's like, "Well, you guys can go ahead and just 
go. I guess nothing's going to happen. And and Willow's like, no, we can stay. And he's like, no, go ahead and go. And they just turn and they fuck off as fast as they can. Like, oh, okay, bye. And, right. and Giles just sits down like on a stoop and he's just like, what have I, what am I doing with my life? Like, what, what is even happening? So he just kind of gathers up his shit and I guess he's, we never really get an explanation, but I guess he's, the, the thing he read in the book was maybe mis he, maybe he mistranslated it or something because nothing's going on. Right. So he just kind of gathers up his shit and walks out the door and closes the door behind him and set, he says something like, well, nothing happened in here. And then as he closes the door and leaves, Ethan Rain steps out of the shadows and says, oh, I wouldn't say that, old boy. Uh, I think something major is going to happen soon. And, da -da 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 -da, and the door opens back up and Giles is like, who's there? And he's like, oh, bollocks, I thought you had left. <laughs> And I that's that was my first big laugh out loud. Yeah, and uh, uh, yeah, I laughed out loud then too. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's fucking hysterical. Yeah. He's just evil monologuing in the middle of the <laughs> mausoleum. Yeah. And child, child comes to me. He's like, "What is somebody there?" <laughs> oh, bollocks! Bollocks! I thought you had left. And, uh, <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. So of course. <laughs> Uh, Giles is quite happy because he's like, throttling you is going to really make my day better. So he's going to, he's getting ready to put the beats on old Ethan. And Ethan's like, I've got information. I've got information. Blah, 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 blah. So next thing we know, they're in a bar or a pub and, uh, having a pint. And, um, uh, Ethan's telling Giles that the underworld's being threatened by the initiative and especially by something called, quote, 314, which Giles was like, what the fuck is a 314? He's like, what, so eight? We're just, do we just add the number? So eight? <laughs> and, uh, he, you know, Ethan says, well, whatever this initiative's doing, they're throwing everything out of balance and the underworld is you know, scared and in an uproar and yada, yada. And, uh, and then we cut to Buffy and Riley. And I'm, I'm not really sure where the fuck they are, to be honest. Some type of gymnasium-looking place. Um, yeah, I, I presumed they were down in the initiative, probably in... in no, like, remember, she's not, she's not allowed to go down there. Oh, that's right. Because that's Walsh right. Walsh told her earlier that she's working on getting her clearance to to come down there. That's um, right. That's right. So I was like, because right. at first that's what I thought too, and then I was like, no, they can't go down there. I was like, where the fuck? Are, some little workout room in the on the campus. I'm going to assume. Um, yeah, but they're yeah. just but conveni conveniently they're the only two in this in this workout room um, <laughs> on an entire college campus. Um, but, but they're doing a little sparring action. Um, and you can tell, like, neither one of them are really, I'm like, this looks cheesy. Like, they're, neither one of them are really trying. And then finally, he's like, are you holding back? And she's like, mm, maybe a little. And she's like, you are too. And so he's like, all right, I won't hold back and you don't hold back. And let's see what happens. He's like, I'm going to punch you in the face. Like. That's what he's basically saying. Because they're not wearing protective gear. 
They're just fucking fight. He, so he basically just says, okay, let's fight for real now. And she should be like, wait, what? You're going to, no, what? What? That's not a thing. That doesn't, that's not a thing. Like, that, that's what they do. And at one point. It would be like. It'd be like if you're play wrestling with your girlfriend and yeah. then all of a sudden you just scoop her up and drop her through the coffee table. Yeah. Yeah. Or she's all like, <laughs> you're like, you're like, you're like, all right, let's cage match for real now. Yeah. And you, then you fucking blade yourself so you can get some fucking blood <laughs> and you know, and it's just like, what the, no, that's not a thing. You don't just say like, if they were all like geared up and shit and you know, maybe, maybe then, but you don't, you don't just be like, okay, let's fight for real now. Like, cause she, she should be like, wait, no, like I, you're not going to punch me and I'm not going to punch you. What the fuck is wrong with you? Weirdo. Maybe we should rethink this fucking relationship. So anyway, they do though. <laughs> imagine, imagine like you're like, you're <laughs> play wrestling with your girlfriend on the couch one night Jeremy and you just turn turn to her and you're like all right now let's reenact the Montreal screw job screw job <laughs> yeah yeah and you put her in the sharpshooter and she's fucking just <laughs> screaming bloody murder and yeah <laughs> it's like no this isn't a thing that we're that we do it's <laughs> not how it works what? yeah <laughs> and but they do and um Buffy kicks him in the chest at one point and literally sends him like 30 feet through the air, like into a wall. And then a, he hits the ground and then like a big mat falls over on top of him. And so she goes rushing over, you know, she's like, are you all right? And he's like, no, I have obviously a cracked sternum and internal fucking bleeding. Like <laughs> you could, of course, he's all like, yeah, yeah, I'm okay. No, no one could be kicked like that. To the point of lifting them up and shooting them across the, the room 30 feet. A fucking horse could kick you in the fucking chest and you're, it's game over. Like it's going to break every bone in your chest. But anyway. <laughs> uh, so yeah, he's apparently okay even though he's been hit with the force of basically like a Mack truck doing like 50 miles an hour. Um, <laughs> well, to be okay, to be fair, we do find out later in the episode that Buffy was still holding back. Yeah, but anything that's going to take a 225 pound man uh, off his feet and send him 30 feet through the air, that's a lot of fucking force. <laughs> oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. you're probably, you might survive it, but you're probably going to be in the ICU for a while. And right. yeah, but he's fine because he's Riley, um, <laughs> a complete normal human. Um, we cut back to the bar, and at this point, Giles and Ethan are now shit face drunk. And uh, Giles is opening up about how left out he feels, the whole deal, and being annoyed with the initiative, and how they've got the demons running scared, and he's been fighting them for twenty years, and they've never even paid attention to him and Ethan's flirting with a waitress and giving her his number. And she's like, "Uh uh-huh. All right. Yeah, buddy. And then, uh, we cut to Willow and Tara in Tara's dorm room, having insane lesbian sex. (laughs) 
Like full yeah. on. <laughs> no, we know that's where it's heading though, because oh. like they're gonna do this magical um, exercise kind of thing where they hold hands and they they have to make their minds connect and then they lift this rose off the ground and then once it's hovering they can pluck each petal off one at a time. Well, they get to the point with with it floating. And then all of a sudden, it just starts shooting through the fucking air and hits the ground, and it's just like smoking, and there's no petals left on it. And Willow's like, huh, I'll be damned. That's weird. I think, I might have, think, think, think we might have fucked that up. <laughs> yeah, and Tara's like, she's like, he, she's like, what do you think that was? And Tara's like, I don't know, but all the petals are off of it. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, I immediately, I like, I, I vividly remember, um, watching the show during the first run mm -hmm. and that line, that moment was when I was like, okay, I like Tara. Yeah. <laughs> well, I liked her on her next line, which is when she looked at Willow and said, want to fuck? <laughs> and Willow's like, of course, why not? Yeah, sure. I yeah, tried dick. That makes sense. Let's try a little bit of fucking axe wound. You know what I'm saying? I'm just over here saying. Okay. okay. Wow. All right. All right. <laughs> uh, so the next morning, Giles wakes up and, well, he had said to there at the end there in the bar, you know, because he was so drunk. He's like, I am going to fucking regret this in the morning. Oh, there's a, there's a part. I love that part. I've skipped over it in the bar scene where he's like talking about how down he is and everything and. <laughs> fucking uh, Ethan's like, oh, you don't have to worry about that anymore, mate. When you were going to the bathroom, I slipped a capsule in your your drink of poison. You'll be dead in the hour, within the hour. And yeah. Giles is like, and then Ethan's like, just kidding. Ah! <laughs> and uh, yeah, <laughs> so it was just it caught me off guard, but I thought it was funny. So anyway. Giles was waking up in his apartment. He's pretty, uh, he's like, you can hear him, you hear him go, oh, I was right. Oh, I feel terrible, you know. And he stumbles out of bed and he's stumbling down the stairs and he gets to the bottom of the steps and there's a mirror there. And he pours himself a cup of ambition. Oh, sorry. Whoa. <laughs> no, uh, you said stumbles out of bed. It's yeah. the opening of nine to five. Uh, Dolly Parton, nine, okay. nine to five. Okay. Okay. Anyway, um, <sighs> you're gonna have to turn in your man card now. Tough crowd. Tough crowd. Hey, Dolly Parton is a goddamn treasure. Okay? Do Dolly Partner. Dolly Parton is a goddamn treasure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. So uh, he yawns and stretches, and he looks in the mirror, and that's when the camera turns, and he's a full fledged fucking pretty badass looking demon. Yeah. And yeah. like, dude, he went all out with like, he must've went and been like, listen, if I'm going to be a demon and like, I want to go all out. I want to be in that makeup chair for 11 hours. <laughs> I was just going to say like, I, when, when we were rewatching it, um, I thought to myself, I, I was like, he, he had to have been, if just the vampire prosthetics took like, what what if what if they said in the past like well, an hour? Yeah, and then as 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 the seasons went on and Angel went on and they got better at it, they said they could do them in like thirty minutes. 
So if if that takes 30 minutes, which isn't isn't that long, like he had to have been he had to have been in that makeup and prosthetics trailer for eight hours, at least eight hours. You would you would think because he's he's full on. It's not just neck up. He's got they've got him waist up, arms, hands, chest, back, shoulder. I mean, he's in a he's in a serious piece of fucking prosthetic here. And, yeah, uh, yeah. So he's like, fuck, and, and he's breaking everything because he's got demon strength now. <laughs> when, I love that when he first sees himself in the in the mirror and he freaks out, like he goes to put his hand on the wall and, it and just, he just pushes yep, a hole right through the wall. Just goes right through the wall. He, he, grabs his, he grabs the railing on it's the stairs and it, he just breaks it off. Then he rushes over to the phone, I guess, to call Buffy or somebody, and he picks up the receiver, and it just crushes in his hand. And uh... which means so so this brings us back to something we asked before. So several times we've seen Giles come out of that the the hallway by the kitchen, which we know leads to a a bathroom. Mm-hmm. That's where Spike was. Mm-hmm. And it must also lead to a bedroom because we've seen him come out of there like dressed in a robe when in in the in the very first episode of this season mm-hmm. when Olivia was there. And we questioned then, well, what about the upstairs space where he had the bed? Because that's where uh Angelus had staged um Gen- Jenny. Jenny. And now we see him waking up and coming downstairs. He was clearly he he sleeps in that in that upper loft area. Mm-hmm. So what the fuck? What the fuck is is that? Just a sex dungeon? Yes, back the, down the hall. Yes, I was going to say the room by the bathroom is where all the S and M gear is. <laughs> okay, that's, that's why, all I needed to know. Yeah, when Olivia was in town, whenever she, uh, they would be back there, and uh, that's all I needed to know. Yep. Like uh, Giles has Giles has a red room. Yes, that's fine. That's yep. all I needed to know. Yep, one hundred percent. Like it's gotta be. Like it's gotta be. Cause like, why would you? Like it. It's gotta be because yeah. you're not gonna have like your long distance fuck buddy from England come to the states and then fuck her like in the guest room, right? No, yeah, no, no you're gonna yeah. Take her, you're gonna take her to your main bedroom, like, right. and and fuck her, right. unless you have a fucking sex a, a red room, right? <laughs> and he likes to he likes to be handled. We know this, right? Right. So so he has to have a room. That can that can that can contain his uh, his desires, so. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, then he goes. I guess he decides. Okay, I got to get to somebody for some help. So he goes to put a shirt on, and it just rips in half. And he's like, "Oh, I liked that shirt." And uh, so then he just grabs like a big blanket and throws it over himself and goes out and. As he opens the door to leave, he just rips the door completely off the hinges and just leaves it setting as he leaves. <laughs> and uh, it's just, it's a great scene. That whole scene is just great. 
It's almost like a. I mean, it's, it's almost like a Three Stooges scene. I mean, and so's of the next scene. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, well, not the next scene, but in two scenes, I know what you're well. talking about. Because the next scene is at breakfast, and uh, Willow and Buffy are having a brekkie, and uh, she's being. It's this. This is where you know something's funny. Because she tells Buffy she was practicing magic alone. Right? I, I, as soon as she said, she was like, oh, I was, I was, uh, however she says it, but she, she definitely specifies she was alone. Mm -hmm. Like I said to the person I was watching with, I was like, why? I'm like, I'm like, I don't, I'm, why would she feel the need to keep her new friend Tara a secret? Because she knows that Tara and her are going to get downtown, my friend. I mean, I've, I've obviously, like, in hindsight, like, that's, that's the implication is that she's not, like, she's clearly not sure what exactly is happening with her and Tara. Yeah, because I think she's, like, this is probably the first time she's had lesbian feelings, maybe. And she's like, am I, am I, is that a, am I, uh, so maybe she just doesn't want to even bring Tara up to then have to like explain, like, I don't know why she just didn't say, oh, I was practicing some magic with a friend I met at that Wicca group. Well, and that's what, and that's my thing too. Like she delivers, like she doesn't say she specifies alone. She could have said, oh, I was practicing magic with a friend from the Wicked group or or yada yada, but she doesn't say shit about no. Tara. Yeah. It's like she wants to keep Tara like her own little private secret or something. Right. You know, right. It's weird. Willow can be weird though. So it's not the first time. Uh, and she mentioned but she mentions that there was the spell she was trying to do, some kind of magical force interfered with it and fucked it all up and you know. She's like, I don't know what's going on, right. but it's like dark magics are out there. And Buffy's like, well, I'll, I'll talk to Walsh about it. And I'm like, fucking Walsh, what? Like, first of yeah. all, when have you ever talked to Walsh about anything? Second of all, what makes you think Walsh, they, they didn't even know that the Slayer existed. You think she knows about magical, mystical fucking magics? Right. Why wouldn't you go to, like, the literal expert? Because, and even yeah. and even Willow's like, well, you should go to Giles because, like, number one, he might actually know what the fuck you're talking about. But number two, he has been fucking being left out of the loop and feeling kind of shitty. Um, and then realizes that's when she realizes she had never told Giles about Riley and the initiative thing. And she's like, oh, fuck, yeah. She's like, I'll make it up to him. At which point we cut to Giles Sneaking into Xander's basement. (laughs) And Xander is sound fucking... Dude, Xander is in this type of sleep that I can only assume is television sleep because I have never been so asleep that someone comes in, like, into the room I'm sleeping in and, and is talking and touching me, and I don't just be like, yo, what, huh? Like, he's like, oh, I can't even wake up. I'm just a deep sleep, you know? And I'm like, 
Is it is he on like fucking like did he take like five Ambien's or something before he went and washed it down with a sh- fucking vodka? Like he's like in this almost medically induced fucking coma. But uh Robin that reminds me Robin Williams used to do a joke in in his stand up or it was in one of his stand ups where he talked about about throwing a handful of quaaludes into a blender with warm milk. He's <laughs> like, I called it, I call it milk of amnesia. Milk of amnesia. <laughs> <laughs> and when you were describing the sleep that Xander is in right now, that's what I was thinking about. Yeah, it's like he's in a fucking in- medically induced coma. Uh, you know, I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> Giles is trying to wake him up and he's like, listen. When you look at me, don't be frightened. You know, I've Ethan Rain has changed me into a demon, and I need your help. And at this point, Xander finally opens up his fucking eyes and looks at Giles, and Giles is talking, but Giles is speaking English to himself and to us, but to the rest of the world, he's speaking some kind of crazy fucking demon tongue because what what, yeah. what Xander's hearing is and, and the funniest part about it is is that so we're, we're hearing Giles talk and Giles is talking very, very calm mm-hmm. and very, very quiet and very like reassuring and then like it cuts to the xander pov and you're hearing like the demon talk but it is still in like this calm like quiet reassuring tone but it's like but instead of like everything's okay i'm giles it's like and so what and, I was cracking up. And so what does Xander do? He freaks the fuck out. He freaks the fuck out. Like jumps out of bed, runs over, starts grabbing shit and throwing it. He's like, Demon, demon, demon and and Xan and so Giles fucks off out of there. Um but also, I, I meant to ask you this at the beginning of the scene. So, in my headcanon, Xander must live the closest to Giles. Because why else would he go there? Right, of all the... Well, you know, come to think of it, he he, because I think he figured, well, I can sneak into Xander's basement undetected as opposed to walking around on a college campus looking like this, trying to find Willow and or Buffy. Okay, that makes sense. You know. I I hadn't taken into consideration the fact that he he was probably like, well, Willow Willow and Buffy are going to be in classes. Xander is an unemployed loser. <laughs> layabout. So yeah, he's a I'm layabout that lives in his mom his mom's basement. So, guess I'll <laughs> go there. Of course, he didn't take into consideration Xander is a massive idiot, and. <laughs> And overreact because it's like, uh, anyway, yeah, it's <laughs> Xander doing Xander things. Um, so yeah, Giles fucks off out of there. He's like, oh son of a bitch, he's <laughs> fucking Xander. <laughs> so he leaves, and um, and we cut to later that evening, and the Scooby Gang's all together, and they're heading to Giles to 
to tell him about this demon attack that Xander didn't uh, have. <laughs> um, <laughs> and they get there and they see that door ripped off the hinges from when Giles had left. And, of course, they go in. Did and- you... I, I, you gotta, you have to mention like after Giles leaves Xander's house and he's out in the neighborhood. I don't read. Oh, oh, when yeah, he goes. He's like ah, he's like running through and like all, all he's like yes. they parents start picking up their kids and they're like call nine one one and yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like he's stepping on toys and smashing them yeah, and yeah. He's, and he's like running off and he's like he's like oh humans are the worst yeah humans <laughs> are the worst yeah and again i was like we really are we really are we really are anyway uh so scooby the scoobs you know yada yada they show up there they're like at seeing all the destruction inside the apartment and the door and everything they're like well fuck this demon has obviously been here and now it has giles and then we cut to my one of my favorite parts of the episode Hmm. uh Fucking Giles walking through the cemetery, and he's just down in the dumps, and he walks by a mausoleum, and Spike happens to be standing there, and he's got a tape measure out, and he's measuring this this mausoleum to this future home of his. Um, and Spike's, Spike's like, oh, what do we have here? You know, a, a Fiari demon, and... Uh, or Fjarl, Fjarl demon? Fjarl demon, yeah. Fjarl demon. And uh, at one point, and then Spike's like, Giles? And he's like, you can understand me? And he's he's like, of course I can understand you. I speak Fjarl. And he's like, <laughs> he's explaining briefly what's happened. And he's like, and I need your help. And Spike's like, oh, like, I'm just, I'm evil. I'm just going to help you. And he's like, <laughs> right. He's like, well, I can pay you. And, and Spike's like, oh, I like money. Okay. <laughs> and he's like, how much? And Giles is like, $100. And Spike's like, 100 bucks. You're going to have to do way, way better than that. And Giles is like, 200 And he's like, okay. <laughs> and, uh. It's it's just funny. And so he, Spike's like, well, what now? Do you want me to just go tell the Slayer what's going on? And he's like, no, 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 we'll handle it ourselves. And then Buffy won't even have to know, you know, what's happened. And, and he's like, you know, we just got to go find this fuckhead. And talking about Ethan, he's like, and we can handle this shit. And, uh. We cut to Spike and uh, Giles in Giles' shitty Citroen car. And, and, and Giles is like, if you can't find third gear, then don't go to third gear. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, they're driving around. And uh, Giles feels like he's changing. He's he's getting, he's like fighting the urge to get violent and crazy and everything. And Spike's like, ah, yeah, that's a feral demon. And. Uh. <laughs> Spike's like Spike's trying to encourage him to like just give into it. Yeah, he's like he's like he's like no, that's the fun part. Yeah, he's like I can't do it, Giles so you like, do it no. for me. 
And, uh, yeah. and then he's like, no, I'm a human being. I will not resort to that. And he's like, oh, stop the car. And Spike stops the car, and Giles jumps out. He sees Professor Walsh, so he goes run up to Walsh. He's like, <laughs> And fucking Walsh loses her shit and runs away. And then he runs and gets back in the car, and he's like, okay, then, let's go. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> so the gang's been going through all these books that Giles is trying to find the demon um, that... Uh, Xander has described, and uh, they finally find it. Giles, or Xander's finally like, there it is. That's the one. That's the one. And um, Buffy's all like, well, how do I kill it? And, and they're like, well, the only thing that'll kill it is something made of silver. So as she's getting ready to leave with, with fucking Bupkis, she stops and picks up this letter opener off, off Giles' desk. And I'm like... What makes you think that's fucking silver, Buffy? Just the like, way it looks. Yeah, I'm like, that's not silver. That's called stainless steel. Um, but <laughs> Buffy thinks it's silver. So that's what she's going to take with her. And, and <laughs> Bupkis is like, that's not even sharp. And Buffy's like, well, I'll have to put some muscle behind it. Like, instead <laughs> of him being like, that's not silver. Like, who has a silver letter opener, Buffy? Th- stop and think for a minute. To be fair, it is Giles. If anyone was going to, it would be Giles. I guess. So then we cut to that bar that Ethan and Giles were at, and Spike is there, and he's getting information from the waitress. And he's like, you know, he gave me his number, but I threw it away. And he's like, oh, yeah. And she's like, yeah, it was for that. Once I found out it was for that shitty Sunnydale Motor Inn Hotel outside town. And Spike is like, yeah. And I like I like how the implication in what she says is that she was considering calling Ethan. Yeah, and then she found out like, it was to that and shacking up with him, and then yeah. she was like, mm, "Not at that, not at that rundown shithole." Yeah, not at that motel. Now, if it was the one in town, we might be talking. Right. <laughs> so then Buffy and Bupkiss break into the magic shop, which is closed, of course, and. Uh, Riley's like, you shouldn't have done that to the door. And Buffy's like, well, I don't got time to fuck around. And Riley's, Riley goes, I have a master key to every shop on Main Street. This kind of irritated me, too. Yeah. I could tell when you went that, yeah, that it irritated you. It irritated me a little bit, too. And I'm like, really? Like, because later on they talk about how they have a tap into the 911 system. Um right. And yada yada and, yada, and I'm like, really, guys? Something else that something else that irritates that irritated me in this episode is how like every time Riley says something like that or or like the nine one one thing, everyone else is like, oh my gosh, you can do that, you have that, and I was like, I, I said to the person I was watching with, I was like, like like n- nobody else in the world has access to fucking police scanners, what? right? Right. But I'm just like, oh, come on now. So, of course, Buffy finds a receipt made out to Ethan Rain, convenient, um, with his address. So now they know where to go and where to find Ethan. And Which is, which is another thing. Like, and this happens all the time in TV and movies. And 
like it, it, it didn't, it, it doesn't irritate me like extreme. Like, like but it does I me. wanted to bend, <laughs> like I wanted to, yeah, probably like it does you. But I wanted to bring it up. Like, in what world are people taking addresses down on receipts? In what world does this criminal psychopath come into town to create some more trouble? Needs to go to the magic shop to buy some shit for a spell. And then they're all like, okay, we need to write out your receipt. And what's your name, sir? And he's like, uh, Evil Ethan Rain. Capital, right. capital E. Um, right. For one, for one, he's giving, exactly. He's giving a, a fake name. And then they're all like, Two, and, what's a, your, and what's your address? And he's like, oh, I'm just right down there at the uh, Motor Inn. Okay, Motor right, Inn. Right. You know. And this happens, this happens all the time in shows. Like, people go to places and they'll get a receipt. Okay, I understand that the receipt is going to have someone's name on it. Mm-hmm. I have never in my entire time purchasing things at a store, gotten a receipt that has my address on it. And that's handwritten with your name, your address, your DNA, right. your blood type. My, my name. Sure. 100%. Also, address, what is also, what no. is your social security number, sir? You know, right. It's like, I'm buying eye of newt motherfucker. You don't need that information. Uh, so yeah. Uh, we cut back to Giles and Spike in the car, and they're now getting chased by a couple of commando fucking Humvees, and so they're fucking they're fleeing, they're driving like crazy. And at one point, Giles is like, "Just slow down, and I'll jump out, and they'll chase you, and I can go on to fucking to 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 find uh, Ethan." And uh, Spike's like, "Fuck that! They'll catch me, and I'll be back in that shitty fucking place." And and Giles is like, I'll, I'll pay you another $100. So, yeah, he slows down and turns a corner, and Giles just jumps right out of the car and uh, gets up and runs away, and the Humvees just keep chasing Spike and totally ignore the massive demon that just jumped out of the car and ran off into the moonlight. I, Fuck the I demon after get- that Citroen! <laughs> I kind of gave it leeway because he did roll into like a shade, like a darkened, like shaded part of the street. Yeah. So I kind of, I kind of let that one roll. Well, and then my next favorite part of the whole episode happens where he's rolled away and run off and Spike is looking in the rear view and he's like, yeah, just try and stop me, you fuckers. And wham, head, head on crash right into a fucking cement wall. So I don't I don't usually talk about this about things like this but but I I wanted to bring it up. Um there is a deleted scene right after that mm-hmm. where when once where Spike gets out of the car mm-hmm. and he's like I can kill demons, I can crash cars, things are looking up and he runs off. <laughs> oh man, they should have left that in. That would have been hilarious. I know. That's why that's why I'm bringing it up because I I'm like I usually don't talk about deleted scenes, but I was like that would have been in an episode that's already so like fucking laugh out loud funny. That would have been that would have been just even better. Yep, yep. Damn, they should have left that in. Anyway, uh, all of a sudden we cut to Ethan in his motel room, who is hastily packing up his goods. And the Bossel Wood door explodes, 
as massive demon <laughs> Giles comes ripping in. And, uh, of course, Ethan knows who it is and what's going on. He's like, oh, fuck. He's like, wait, wait, wait. Let me explain. I can't turn you back. And, yeah, he's gone full demon because he's <laughs> just fucking throwing Ethan all around the room like a rag doll and then gets him by the fucking throat and uh, uh, yada, yada. And then at which point, Buffy and Bupkiss arrive. And Bupkiss goes and handles, basically goes and handles Ethan who keeps I know like three different times Ethan tries to house fucking Bubkiss. I th- I thought this too while I was watching. I was like I I was like in what world in what world does Ethan Rain think he's going to take on 6 foot 2 fucking like you know built just like come on like what no you know bupkis is actually six foot six is he real is he really yeah he's fucking he is fucking tall i look I, 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 i was reading about that online um you can really tell it like if he gets like if he puts his hands on buffy's arms and like like kneels down to her to talk you can that's when you can really tell like son of a bitch that motherfucker's tall um, like I mean, obviously, I could tell he was tall. That's why I, I went with over six feet. But yeah. man, six, six six, I didn't. Yeah, and I guess I wouldn't have. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So, that, like, that's even worth. Like, <laughs> worse. Like, that's even like, worse. <laughs> that's even worse. <laughs> this, this is, in, this is absolute face. insanity. Son of a bitch. This is absolute insanity that this <laughs> motherfucker would think that he could take on this six foot six linebacker fucking dude. You know what it is? It's inconceivable. It's inconceivable. <laughs> like, I'm I'm five seven. I'm five seven. I'm in my forties. I'm sure Ethan Ethan's probably a, around like five something. Yeah, okay. he's about average height. He's yeah. He's also he's the same age as Giles, so he's also in his forties. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, <laughs> dude. I'm and, not and Giles out. and Giles has beaten him up many times. Right. You know, there's no way like if if I even think that I'm going to have to take on a six foot six like linebacker looking dude who's who's easily 20 years younger than me. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm just going to sit on the floor and rock back and forth. Yeah, I'm just going to I'm just going to mind my fucking P's and Q's and uh, (laughs) right. But three different three. I counted them three different times. He attempts to hit Riley and escape, of, of, and he just gets beat up each time. <laughs> Worse, um, and you know, Buffy is fighting uh, Giles, Demon Giles. Of course, doesn't know it's Giles. Oh, I want do want to mention real quick that when Buffy and Riley bust in, um. Ethan is is very very quick to be like like oh he he doesn't even like try to be like of course he doesn't but it, to me it was hilarious like he doesn't try to be like that's Giles and things have gone terribly awry yada yada he's just like right away he's like 
he's like, you need to kill this, you need to kill this demon, like, it, you know, yeah. like he's egging Buffy on. Yeah. <laughs> At which point Buffy should have stopped him and like, wait, why should I kill this yeah. demon? Right, you right. Know? Anyway, uh, so she gets the better of the demon and she lifts up the fucking thing and stabs him. And she, but she looks in his eyes at the time and she's like, Giles? And um, come to find out, as I said, the fucking letter opener is not goddamn silver. It's just a fucking letter opener made of, you know, Chinese stainless steel. So he doesn't, <laughs> doesn't kill him, doesn't even really hurt him. We cut to a scene where apparently they have forced Ethan to to do the magics and turn Giles back into himself, who is now touching and touching his face and stuff in the mirror and wearing horrible Ethan Rain's clothing. Um, and uh, they're just talking about you know blah 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 and. Ethan says something. He's like, well, can I, you know, can we get done with this here? Cause I, I need to go. And he's like, cause you can't do anything to me. I'm a human. You can't kill me. At which point, I don't even know if I have, I have problems with this too, but at which point some initiative guys come in and Riley says something like by the, by the power authority of the U.S. <laughs> by the authority of the U.S. military. Yeah, which I was like, no, that doesn't work on fucking civilians in a non-war type of situation. But anyway, uh, he says, by the power of Grayskull, I hereby <laughs> fucking they, they they take right uh, uh, Ethan off, and he says, oh, they'll send him to a secret detention facility in Nevada. Uh, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, Area Fifty One. And I'm sure he'll be rehabilitated there. And um, so then, yeah. A little bit later on, Buffy's apologizing to Giles for for not telling him about Riley and the initiative. and, and And he's just like, listen, I'm just worried about your safety and who you're trusting and just, just keep your eyes open and, you know keep your wits about you with this whole initiative situation. And then we cut to Walsh and Riley, who's basically having the same conversation. And Riley's like, but you know, you're going to, you're going to like her. You're going to, you're going to see she can be counted on and she's, she's good. And uh, Walsh is like, yeah, I think you're right. And uh, then he, he goes off and she goes through a couple of different security doors. And when the second one closes, it says on it three one four. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. And that's the episode, ladies and germs. That is the episode. Um uh, Jeremy. Yes, sir. Would you you like to guess what our body count was in this episode? Um I feel like it was Zero. It was zero. Good job, buddy. <laughs> um, our music this week: Twelve Volt Sex with Over Divine, Other Star People uh, with Then There's None, Scott Ellison, Down Down Baby, Jessica Sheely, In Within Good Time, 
and uh, Christoph Beck with Feral in the Morning, and of course, as always, our original score. I prefer Jeremy. I prefer Twenty Volt Six. Just saying. Okay. Well, I mean, everyone's got you know their different. I want things. a good jolt, you know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's understandable. Uh, Jeremy. Yes, sir. Will you tell me and our lovely listeners and viewers how many feasts of Delph rocks do you give this episode? I don't even know what you just said just now. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to give it a four. Um, okay. Okay. When it was first, when I was first done watching it, I thought that that's probably a five. But then I started thinking about about eight or eight or nine different really annoying. <laughs> little things in this episode for me that I was like, all right, I'm going to, it's not really a five, like five is pretty close to fucking perfection for me. So I'm going to knock it down. I'm going to knock it down to a four, but it's definitely a solid episode. It's definitely funny as shit. And you know, they're really coming into their own with these comedy episodes now. Like they're able to throw comedy in anywhere they want now, now that they know who they are and what they're doing, you know what I mean? Right, and right. I love me some Ethan Rain. Every time he's there, <laughs> I forgot to say, there's a point at the end where he's where they've got him right before the initiative takes him. And he's like, "I've really got to learn to to leave town when I've finished my evilness instead of staying around. To, <laughs> yeah. Instead of staying around to yeah. gloat, that's what always gets me." <laughs> yeah, he's he's like, it's always the stay and gloat that gets me. <laughs> yeah, and 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 one of the big reasons that I'm not going to point off of it. Um, other than the little annoying things that all added up. <sighs> the plot makes no sense when you stop and think about it. Like, right. what the fuck? Did, what was his goal? What was the goal of turning, of turning Giles into a demon? Like, what was the end game? He never, it's not obvious, number one, and he never explains it, number two. And none of them, none of the Scoobs or or Giles himself, no one ever, you know, speculates on what what the end goal was. It was just, it was just like, I think I'll go to Sunnydale and really annoy Giles for like yeah. four or five hours. I'm going to annoy the shit out of him. You know what I mean? It's just like, it, so I got to take a point off for that. But, yep, it's a solid four. It's definitely one I would recommend. I'm not sure that I would say it's a, quote, must-watch, you know, mm. because overall I don't think it's super important to the overall deal, but I would definitely recommend it. Um, but, yeah, yeah, I, uh, I enjoyed it. I love a good laughy episode. So, James. Yes. On a scale of one to five, how many new men do you give this episode? Um, I, I'm going to give it a five. Okay. Uh, I, there, there were obviously, you know, as addressed throughout, uh, our, our commentary, like there were things that I took issue with, but the majority of them aren't, aren't anything that I don't also take issue with in other TV shows. Mm-hmm. Like, so it's not, it, it's not anything that like throws a huge monkey wrench into it. Um, uh, I I get where you're coming at, coming from with the his his motivation and his reasoning isn't clear, um, but I just 
I just kind of chalked it up to he he was trying to get Giles killed. Um, uh, and uh, But why not just slip poison into his drink like he joked about? Because <laughs> because it's Ethan Rain. Because it's Ethan Rain, and that's, you know, that's not who he is. Um, but, uh, and I'm... It, honestly, if I was going to take a point away for anything, it would be the fact that this is the last fucking time we see Ethan Rain. I know. It sucks. I I was talking about this with the person I watched the episode with. I was like, I really would. He's the perfect character to bring back like once a season for an episode just like this. Yeah, like a couple of times like, a season, maybe a two-parter, you know, every season. Right. Right. And like just a, a standalone kind of funny, goofy episode and he's the perfect character for that, and and they never bring him back, nope. um, you know. Uh, so I mean, this episode it did it did like further the plot a little bit with the whole three three fourteen revelation and stuff. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, I think I think you could have brought him him back every season for one or two episodes just like this. That could have just been goofy, one-off, like fun, funny episodes. Um, so if I was going to take any points away, it would be for the fact that this is the last time we see him, and that's a fucking bummer. It is. Um, but yeah, ov- overall, it's a it's a it's a five for me. I I just feel like I feel like Jane Espenson was was like firing on all cylinders with with the script, particularly the dialogue um, and the humor. So. So yeah, it's a five. It's a five for me. Fair enough. Now you know why we never see Ethan again is because he's he's stuck in Area Fifty One and can't figure out how to get the fuck out of there. Right. So. And to be fair, like, so, and we've already said we're not going to cover any of this stuff, but he does feature in in like extended media stories. Oh yeah. Um, down the line, a couple of them, but um. But yeah, we never see him again on the TV show. And as far as I'm, I don't. So I understand that like certain portions of extended media are considered canon. But for me personally, if I don't see it on screen, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> if it ain't on the TV, I don't give a goddamn. <laughs> <laughs> like, if I, I, I'll watch. I'll pretty much watch any tie-in material that you put out there, um, but if you want me to like go, if pick you want up me to have to read or... some stuff, fuck <laughs> off. Like if if I have to read a, a novel or like go buy you know a comic book or something to, then you've kind of lost me. <laughs> Did you ever read the Highlander novels? Oh yeah. So, okay. Uh-huh, okay. so, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yikes. Yikes. Zeist. Yeah, I, I, yeah, Zeist. Yeah, yeah I, I had all of them at yeah. one point. Yeah. I'm actually in the process of trying to, um, to rebuild my physical book collection that I got rid of, uh, digitally. And I have bought a couple, couple, uh, uh, of the Highlander novels, uh, ebooks. Uh, so yeah they're good they're good i think 
Oh yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, um, that's all. That's all I have to say. It's a solid five. All right then, James. Why don't you tell our lovely audience how to get with us, and we'll get the fuck out of here. Well, uh, if you want to be my lover, you got to get with my friends. Right, because nothing lasts forever. That's the way it ends. But friendship never ends. Oh, well, yeah. Um, I think that's how it goes. I, th- I Yeah, yeah. I, prob- uh, I, might, I, I might very well be wrong. No, I screwed it up. You didn't, I'm pretty sure. Um, I, I think we probably both did, if I'm being honest. Maybe. It's hard to yeah. say. Um, what was I? Go- oh, BuffyRevisited.com. Yeah. Go to BuffyRevisited.com. You're going to find links to Facebook, YouTube, um, our merch store, uh, everything. Hop over onto the Facebook. Leave us comments on, on our posts. We post about uh, our episodes every week. Um, so you can hop on there, leave a comment on the episode. Let us know your thoughts and opinions and feelings about the episode or the podcast itself. Um, I do occasionally post other articles on the uh, on the Facebook page if I find them interesting and I feel they warrant discussion. Um, uh, same thing with the YouTube. You hop over to the YouTube and get this, Jeremy. Over on the YouTube, right? they're going to see the video version of this very podcast that they're listening to. This very one? This very one. Holy. Okay. Mind blown. Mind blown. Mind blown. I don't even understand honestly, how that wizardry works. Right. And honestly, like, listen, I know, Jeremy, uh, you you lean more towards the audio aspect of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what you favor. Um, but I feel like everyone should be watching us. Because well, I mean, when you get a chance to to take all this come in, on. Come you know, on. you probably shouldn't, you know, not. So right, right. Um, but also, uh, in all seriousness, seriousness, I do feel like watching us adds just a little something extra to just listening to us. Yeah, it, no, um, it definitely does. I've just but, I go uh, I go back with podcasts back into the early two thousands and oh yeah I've just oh, I've yeah. always yeah. listened to them audio version. It's it's simpler for yeah. me to be able to throw my phone with a pair of you know earbuds in, throw it in my pocket and do my thing while I'm listening. You know what I mean? So yeah, one hundred percent. But um you know. And uh, and you'll find a link to our merch store. Hop over there, buy some merch. It's good merch. Um, what else? Uh, a link to our email, BuffyRevisited at gmail.com. Feel free to email us. Uh, again, thoughts, comments, opinions, worries, concerns. Um, questions and answers. Qu- questions and answers. Hell, leave us, your favorite, leave us your favorite recipe. Right. Recommendations, recipes. Um uh, wants, needs, desires, uh, anything, anything. Uh, really. Slash fanfic that involves James and I. Yes, slash fanfic <laughs> that involves <laughs> involves Jeremy and I. One hundred percent. Please send that. Probably, Please. probably in in uh, Giles's red room. Right, right. One hundred percent. Send that. Please. Yeah. I'm begging you. Yeah. I'm be- I'm begging you. I'm please, begging you please. Um, 
<laughs> yeah. So hit us up. Any of those formats, uh, we'll we are more than happy to hear from you. Um, and that's all I have to say. All right. Well, thank you everybody for joining us this week. We're glad to be back in the saddle again. Uh, next back in the saddle again. Well, sorry. Oh yeah. Cool. Uh, next week we will be, uh, visiting angel season one, episode 12 expecting. And James, what do you think they're expecting? Werewolves. Exactly. You're catching on. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you. And we'll see you next week. I've been one of your hosts. I'm Jeremy. I'm your other host, James. Ta-ta. Ta-ta.